We find ourselves shrinking in our own space, shrinking in our own spin, diminishing who we are to make others comfortable. You are listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with a woman that some folks are calling the new voice of reason taking over sound waves, Melissa Fredericks, also known as Mrs. Kev on stage. She says it's time to give yourself the grace to try. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. And if you're brand new, here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week, We focus on well-being in six pillars, and these are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. If you need to get caught up, and I suggest you do, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Again, the pillars can be broken down for you at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's brought to you by our Redefining Wealth private Facebook community. Yes, we have a community of purpose chasers from all over the globe. I don't believe that greatness can be created in isolation. You need people and you need like-hearted, not just like-minded folks around you. So join our free Facebook community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. You'll get to meet purpose chasers who are near you. Yes, in your own country, wherever you are. You can suggest show topics and guests and even get early access to upcoming events and programs. Purpose chasers always know first. So join us at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Today's episode is one that I believe is so good. I had to move it up on the schedule. I knew that you would need to hear this woman's wisdom. And I literally moved things out of the way because I needed you to get it today. Like today, if you've ever battled with imposter syndrome, If you've ever had to deal with the repercussions of your own perfectionism, if you've ever found yourself in a spot where you needed to pivot, but it was premature because you didn't know the pivot was coming, (laughs) but you found yourself in a place where you were being called to just shift and have to ask yourself some tough questions, this episode is definitely for you. Melissa Fredericks, also known as Mrs. Kev on stage, is host of the Love Hour podcast, along with her husband, Kevin Fredericks, Kev on stage. With great humor, apparent love, and relatable insight, these marriage champions share their experiences and address various relationship questions and concerns. Melissa captivates audiences with talk of her personal journey of self-discovery and self-love, while also challenging other women to find themselves lovingly accept their uniqueness and realize their beauty and self-worth. And that's exactly what we did in today's episode. Without further ado, here is Melissa Fredericks. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Melissa. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love that title too. 
listen, you can't be more excited than me because I've been stalking <laughs> you forever. I've been stalking you for at least a couple years now. And I've been like, okay, man, she would be so good on the podcast. Okay, she would be so good. And then one day I saw this snippet from the Love Hour podcast. And mm-hmm. then I went to go download the episode and listen. And I was like, enough is enough. <laughs> enough is enough. I'm going to make my, my shot. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes, I believe in shooting shots. I've been shooting shots for probably the last two or three years. You'd be surprised at the ones that make it. So every time. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my shot. And then I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't think you even saw it because I never saw it see, say seen. And then you said something else. And I was like, I'm going back in. <laughs> I'm going back in. I don't I don't just accept defeat or rejection. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm going back in. And then you were like, hey, yeah. And now it's just been a matter of scheduling. So yeah, I was going to my biggest issue, even if I say yes, it's like, OK, where do I actually fit this in? But listen, today is a good day. I'm here for it. I'm excited to be here. I, I'm so excited to have you. So. Let me tell you the the snippet that I saw that started it all. Well, it didn't start me following you, but it started me to like, no, we need to have this conversation. It was about the clearance section mentality. Oh, girl. Mm -hmm. It was about the clearance section mentality. And that is so important for us here at Redefining Wealth because we're not just a money podcast, right? So we are literally about what are the parts of our lives that impact how we deal with finances? Mm. And I believe that the way we think about ourselves is a big, right? Just a big component of how we manage our finances. And in that episode, you were saying something that I've heard from my clients and from my listeners over and over again. If my kids need something, uh-huh. Or if my husband needs something uh-huh. or someone I care about, if they need something and I have the money, I'm going to buy it. Don't have the money. I'm going to find the money and buy it. But if I need something, absolutely, I'll head to the back of the store and look for the clearance rack, even if I have the money. Absolutely. You know, like in my 20, late 20s, I was probably around 27, that I went through this whole entire uh, shift and mindset change about the way that I view myself. And part of that was the recognition of what you just said, that I am always willing to sacrifice and show up for others better than I am willing to sacrifice and show up for myself. And sometimes it's very easy. I've been caught doing this where you trivialize and minimize like, girl, it's just clothes. It's just like, it really don't matter. But that's always able to be like extrapolated and apply to how you see yourself across the board in your life. So it's no longer just about like, I'm always going to the clearance, right? Which is why I called it the clearance mentality, because it's something that you carry with you all the time. It's not just in the store, I go to the clearance, right? It's also pursuing my dreams. I'll do it for my husband. I'll support and encourage my kids, but I won't do the same for me. That's still the same mentality that'll keep you from buying stuff at the front of the store will prevent you from chasing your dreams as well. Going for that job or whatever, shooting your shot, whatever it is. And it always just comes down for me to value the way that you value and see yourself, your worth. Yeah. Yeah. In that episode, you said there's a difference in the mental state between going to the back because, okay, let me check out the deals. Let me just see if there's a deal because we all like a deal versus 
beelining for the back because you feel like this is where I belong. Exactly. And that's where the mentality will keep you. Yeah, girl, that's it. You can, you, you know, that's the tambourine. <laughs> because <laughs> to your point, it shows up. Our, our mantra is like chase purpose, not money. Ooh, it shows good. up even in that, like not chasing your purpose, not Absolutely. pursuing your goals. Mm-hmm. So I know that you didn't start out with your show and all mm-hmm. the things that you're doing now Initially, as Kev on stage was building, uh-huh. did you find yourself playing that background role and not like trying to be in the front as well? Actually, it's something I still struggle with finding the balance between I don't necessarily want the attention. I don't need the attention. And I don't mean that like, you know, you need the attention. Therefore, you're a narcissist. It's just not the way that my makeup is. And always remembering that I am the starring person in my life's movie. And finding that balance sometimes is hard because what you'll do is say, I don't need that attention. I could just play the background and you take a back seat, even in your own life. Like, I don't need the attention. I don't want to do it. It'll be fine. And also remembering that in this life and what I'm doing is mine and it's okay to be the star. It's okay to come forward. It's okay to be at the forefront and have the light shining on you and walk that red carpet. That's okay. Because at the end of the day, I'm accountable for my life and my husband, he can go off and say, I did everything I wanted to do. Pursued every dream, turned every stone, did everything I wanted to do. And that's not to minimize the idea of being a support. I could be a support system to it as well, but that doesn't mean that my dreams, my desires, what I want to pursue aren't things that aren't important and things that I can't go after simply because I keep telling myself I belong in the back. Yeah. So I realized for myself that for many years, I had a sense of false humility. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. I had a sense of false humility. So I would not want to be too much or take up too much space or be too visible. So I would do just enough. And then I'd be like, well, it's not about me. You know, it's just, it's about the people, which all of that is true, but why minimize what God has called me to do in an effort to elevate what you're called to do? Like we both are called. Absolutely. And I don't know if it is something that like just women suffer with or churchy women. I don't know. But when I tell you (laughs) that my idea of, especially when they talk about pride comes before the fall, you're like, well, Jesus, I don't want to be the prideful one. I don't want to. So I'm going to be humble. But then you interpret humility as turning down your shine, turning down your brightness. That's not humility. That's, That's not humility. And I shouldn't have to I call it crouching in my own space. So I give this example. You're, this is visual and audio. We're going to use it if you do some visual. Okay, girl, we're going to use this visualiz- <laughs> visualization. If this bottle, I've given this example before too, but if this bottle is the Melissa shaped space in the world and I decide instead that I only want to take up this much space, well, then the world's missing out on all of me. I am missing out on all of me. And a lot of times, a lot of us think humility is becoming this. No, take up your space, girl. You got all this space. Yes. Why be, Why be a straw? Why be a straw when you were when called you the to bottle. be a full Avion bottle? Why would Come you on. do so? Come on and say 
it. And I think that's what we do. We find ourselves shrinking in our own space, shrinking in our own spin, diminishing who we are to make others comfortable. And again, I went, I mean, this has been, you know, a full lifelong journey, to be honest, but a full process of recognizing that humility doesn't mean shrinking. That's not humility. Humility is standing tall. Humility is taking up my space allow and allowing you to take up your space and not and not making you feel bad about who you are. Yes. That's humility. But shrinking, that's not humility. And what'll happen is you when you believe that you go through life unfulfilled and tired and exhausted and your shoulders hurt because you stay doing this. You study crouching. And unfulfillment is actually, in my opinion, the leading cause of financial mismanagement. Ooh, say more. When people are unfulfilled day in and day out, they seek external things that usually cost money in order to fill the void. So they buy people, right? Uh So now now you out there paying for everything, right? Because you want to be liked. You want to be loved. You want to feel worthy. So now you're buying other people's love and affection or it's the, well, I'm going to buy another black dress because you're looking for something to validate, right? Fill that void. And unfulfillment is the root of that. That's what Ooh, I that's truly, good. truly believe in like where I come, like where I teach from. And I, I was on this call with Lovey and Gabrielle Union during oh, the, the book tour. Book tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did a giveaway for my audience and we, we had like, I don't know, 25 maybe women from my community. So we were on that call that she did with Gabby and she talked about, I'm kind, not humble. Ooh. Like I can, you can be kind. That doesn't mean I have to be humble, which a lot of people interpret as be your doormat. Like right. I don't have to lower myself in order to like lift you up. We yeah. can both be up. And I've really been taking that like, I'm kind. Don't get it twisted. Yes. Right? <laughs> like I'm kind, but I'm not going to cower in yes. order to make you feel like some strong tower. We're not going to do that. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And I think we are often taught, even as kids, don't boast, don't make them feel bad. You know, you're doing good, but don't you, you know, you don't have to boast like that. Don't say that. You're going to make them feel bad. And so as adults, you internalize that as well. If I'm doing good, I can't stand in that because that's going to make you feel bad. So we think humility is don't look at my gold star. I didn't do, I know I do this all the time. Oh, it wasn't that hard. Oh, I didn't. Uh, da, da, da. No, no, no. I No, I did it. And that's not a reflection of you. And I don't have to make you feel bad. I don't have to make you feel stupid. That's what we think it all is. But yes. who I am should have nothing to do. I've done the work. Hello, somebody. If you've done the self-work, then I don't have to be intimidated by your accomplishments. I can applaud you and it takes away nothing from me. Oh, that's the one. I can applaud you and it takes away nothing from me. I think going back to churchiness, Mm. the other thing is it's not only let me, you know, dim down a little bit for you. I used to feel like it wasn't okay with God. Oh, yeah. And I don't know like where that seat was planted originally, but it was this idea that, well, all glory to God, all credit and honor to God, which is true. 
But giving credit to like God doesn't mean that I don't give any credit to the fact that I did do the work. Like I did stay up. Podcasts don't create themselves. Like MBAs don't earn themselves. Like houses don't get off by this. Like somebody had to do something. So why do we hide or diminish our role in our success in an effort to be humble? Yeah, it's something that we have backwards. It is something that we have misconstrued. I was literally just talking earlier about disentangling or unentangling uh, churchisms for godisms because churchisms cause bondage and they cause harm. But if God said it, I wouldn't be in. I wouldn't be in bondage. He 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 breaks chains. He don't create them. And so we have to do a better job at not only reading and interpreting the word, but understanding how to apply them without that, those change and those bondages. Cause a lot of, a lot of us, you hear me? A lot of us grew up saved, love the Lord, Holy ghost field. And we are in bondage. Somebody, oh. make it makes sense. Cause them two things, they, they don't correlate. Oh, that is so good. Mm-hmm. I know I've I've felt that in so many areas. I've felt that even in my marriage, like uh-huh. in my relationship. I, I actually saw you talking about this recently where you were saying there's so much out there to talk to women about being better wives or about being a wife in particular. And then there's not a lot out there about talking to men about what they need to do. So again, especially if you already grew up as as I did with this moniker of the responsible one. Yeah. No matter what is happening, I take on the responsibility, but my husband didn't necessarily feel that same level. He felt like, oh, I must provide, but not the same type of responsibility of if something's wrong, I have to fix it. Yes. And I think I got that from church. Absolutely. And society, like, I feel like women are generally socialized to take on that responsibility because men, the quote is boys will be boys. So men are always given the, you could be irresponsible. You could be immature. You could play video games till you're 55. You could not have a job. You could do whatever. And they get the excuse. Boys will be boys. Women, we don't have that. It is our responsibility that we have socially, that we are socialized to take on and okay, get up. Get a job. That's why we're the ball and chain because we're the responsible one. Get a job. Get off the video game. Clean up the house. We got to right. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can we do? Can we? No, 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 no. We need the response. Then the responsibility ends up falling. We were just talking about this on both ends before we're married and after we're married. We all, we are holding the burden, all of it, the burden of this relationship, how it is emotionally, sexually. Even if your husband has the higher sex drive, you have the responsibility. The lady said the women are the gatekeeper to sex. So before marriage, if you grew up churchy, you are the gateway to say no. You hold the responsibility to say no. And then after sex, you hold the responsibility to always perform. We we be tired. Exhausting. Girl, <laughs> this is exhausting. <laughs> we be tired. We be needing a break. We be needing a break. <laughs> So you said that you've been thinking about or working through these things for a long time. So Mm -hmm. as Kev has been more out in the forefront, how have you 
learn to create your own space independent of him, like with all your own things? What has that journey been like? It has been a journey. It has been an evolution. It has been a learning process because going back to the idea of being in the forefront or I'm sorry, being in the background, when I was working a full-time job, it was my idea that the way that I support him, if I had dreams, which I'm not quite sure I pursued anything outside of like a traditional nine to five, but as long as he's happy and doing what he's doing, and then I am supporting that by clocking in and going to work. When those dynamics change and suddenly I'm forced to look at myself in the mirror and say, well, girl, what do you want to do? It's twofold. The revelation that you've never asked yourself that question, there is a sadness that comes that you, when you realize I've never considered me, Mm. I've considered me being a support I've considered myself doing what I have to do on the responsible side in order to help him pursue his dreams, but I've never considered me. What do I want? What does Melissa want? The recognition that you've never asked yourself that question brings on a lot of grief. So I did go through a grieving process, so to speak, of recognizing, man, Melissa, you haven't considered yourself in this. That sucks. You know, then after that, the work comes of like, well, now you didn't cry a little bit. You said you've forgiven yourself for, you know, not considering yourself being not selfless, but becoming a martyr. And there's a difference. You know what I mean? Where you feel like my job is to do all the sacrificing. My job is to lay it all down on the line so everybody else can walk over me and do it. That is my job. No, baby doll, that's not your job. I don't know why we've got this confused that that's what wifehood is. And that's what being a woman is. Is this martyrdom? That ain't it. So after you go through that, the, rev- the, the journey of realizing what I'm genuinely interested in is so, it is so much harder than you would think, especially for people specifically like me. I don't have, and I don't mean this in like, oh, please tell me I actually do, but I don't have a, what's the right word I'm looking for? An obvious natural gift. What I mean by that, Kevin's been funny his whole life. He's known that his whole life. That's obvious. You know, this is what I want to do. If you can sing, that's obvious. You know, you can sing and that's something you want to do. I don't necessarily have that. So you end up feeling like, well, let me try this. Well, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. And what's the number one question you're asked when you're a child? What do you want to be when you you grow up? And you feel like at a certain age, you have to have all the answers, but the only way to have those answers is through exposure, but you feel like you've aged out of the trial, the try and the error. Somebody make it make sense. Somebody make it make sense. Girl, that's so good. You know, for many years, I was like, I don't have any gifts. I don't, I don't have any gifts because I thought, well, I don't twirl a baton like she does. Like I play basketball. I'm tall, but I ain't that great. Like I'm good, but I ain't great. Right. I played the piano a couple of years. You could never tell based on (laughs) my chopsticks revel rendition was garbage. Like, I'm like, how come I don't have anything? And I never recognized that my ability to communicate was a gift. Yes. Because I was comparing. Yes. And that's what I've done. Compare. You don't have it. And again, when it's not something like, you know, that kind of obvious thing, things that come very easily and very natural, you can easily discount as the gift. So teaching for me is that's it. Talking, having these conversations, 
literally one of my most favorite things to do, but it's hard to be like, that's my gift. And I guess, okay, girl. So you talk what that mean? I don't basically. That's me. (laughs) All I do is talk now. Yes. Thankfully the space has been made. Exactly. And now the space has been made and you're able to monetize it. But, you know, listening to your parents or whatever the voice, I again, when I'm talking, there's a voice in my head that's basically is telling you that's not enough. When I was growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up? Teacher, lawyer, doctor. You're five. You don't know what that even means. You don't even know. You literally do not know. And teacher, what type of teacher you want to be? I don't know what teacher. Doctor, there's so many different types of doctors. I don't know. Lawyer, what type of lawyer? Like you literally don't have those answers. And so again, you grow up. For me, it was like, okay, girl, well, you're like 30 something years old. And now you tell me you want to go through this like trial and error of what you want to do. And so you feel like you need to figure it out quickly. And I had to give myself the grace to kind of like, try this. That didn't work. Okay, great. Now, you know, it doesn't work. Now try this. Instead of taking it on as failure, I don't have it together because if I'm being honest, when I first quit my job and started this off, well, quit, my company moved is what happened. I was, I was forcefully quitted, quitted. They uh, moved to Ohio and basically laid off everybody who was like, are you moving to Ohio? Oh, you ain't? Well, then y'all are laid off. So I was one of the, oh, y'all laid off. So after that, if I'm being, I was literally just telling a friend that this morning that because of that kind of uncertainty in my life of like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. Like, this is a lot. It's kind of Kev's thing. And now I'm kind of, you know, jumping along in this. It's not kind of what I envisioned my life to be. I was like, I'll just get another job. Literally one of my managers texted me because I was going through a really hard time. And he texted me and was like, yo, I have an opening. Like, I love to work with you again. Like you were really great. And I was like, I am going to apply. I'm going to apply. I've never, no shade or disrespect, but I recognize that everyone has their own journey. I've never been a woman that wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. It just wasn't what I envisioned for my life. So the idea of staying at home, I was like, this ain't what I envisioned though. Like this isn't <laughs> it. So I got to figure something out. So it has definitely been, it's been a journey. It's been an evolution. It's been a lot of trial. It's been a lot of error, but I've been able to, you know, you kind of start really wide and you're able to kind of zoom in through that process of trial and error. That's the only way to do it. hundred percent. I, I don't think that you can ever gain any type of clarity on anything, any subject unless you put yourself in it and just start doing. I believe clarity comes in the doing. You can sit at home and hypothesize. Clarity comes in the doing. Love that. Yeah, you got it. Trial and error. I think that the path to success is paved with trial and error. You will never know if you don't try. 100%. Like I'm literally okay with trying something and being like, "Mm, yeah, that that didn't work the way that I thought it would. But I did learn these two or three things that I'll apply to the next thing and keep it pushing. But so many people see those types of micro failures as final. It was a lesson. Y'all so good. And that's the difference and not self-identifying to the lesson, calling it a failure. This was a failed, failed attempt. Therefore I am a failure. Separate those two things. If you can separate those two things, then you can keep it pushing. But a lot of us, I included, was not able to do that at the very beginning. So 
where would your grace for Kev's failed attempts take you, right? Because sometimes with us, we're like, oh man, but then we may see our significant others or our kids and they're out there and we're like, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Get back up. Don't worry. I know that you lost our rent money in this month's shenanigans, but I believe in you, right? Yes. 100%. I literally, the grace for me is this revelation that I got and I posted about showing up for myself. And that's what it is. You give your partner, your kids, whoever, a lot of times we will be someone's biggest cheerleader, biggest encourager, and the softest blanket for them to fall on when they make mistakes. And we do not offer ourselves the same. We don't. We're so much harder on ourselves. We're so critical of ourselves. There's a narrative in our head. I call it, one of the guys on my podcast called it the inner bully. I call it the inner critic. That's just always in your mind. And being able to like, again, separate those two things and offer yourself the same grace, that same safe landing, that place to be embraced and hugged and say, it's okay. Go back out there. You can do it again. You can try again. Try something different. Doing that for yourself is actually showing up. That's how the world, that's how you show up. That's how we show up for our friends and our family in our lives. They fail. Come here, baby. Let me help you. I'm going to encourage you. We're going to look at that. We're going to SWAT analysis this thing. And you're going to go back out and you're going to do it. We don't do that for ourselves. So Mel, when's the last time you had to show yourself some grace? What's like a recent example? Girl, just recently. So uh, over the weekend, I had got like, it'd be recent, recent for me. You hear me? Over the weekend, one of the things that I am constantly working on is self-reflection and then accountability to that reflection. So what I mean by that is I am, because of, again, I've read a lot of books and do all the things. So I'm often very self-reflective. I can identify my triggers. I know what they look like. I know how they're going to show up. I'll play the tape forward for myself because I know where this is going. I know how this book ends. I know myself really well that way. But that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is not simply knowing those things. It's also, okay, you know that. Now be accountable to that. Make an intervention. Do something so you don't end up having an attitude because you were triggered and now you want to have an attitude for three days in a row. Well, that's not healthy either. Just because you knew it was coming, don't make it right. (laughs) It don't make it right. Okay. So offering, but I screwed up this weekend. And so saying, okay, don't be so hard on yourself. This weekend, you wasn't your the best self. You didn't show up as your the best version of yourself. That's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. And tomorrow's a new day was Monday yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) to do better. And I'm constantly working on like not staying in that space because for me, what will happen is, dang, Melissa, you messed up. Well, now I got an attitude that I messed up. Well, now I got an attitude that I've been having an attitude for this thing for four days and it'll be three weeks. You've had attitude for something that's smarter this small. Girl, get it together. Yeah. Get it together. It don't require all this. You're wasting time. You're wasting energy and it's unnecessary. Get it together. Yeah. And I think that to your point, the self-reflection is wonderful because I do believe not enough adults know how to self-reflect. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be, if we all did, the world would be a better place if we 100%. all could self-reflect. So I think that that is a noble first step. Yes. However, 
following it up with the action. And I think also being okay with wherever that self-reflection leads you, right? So not like this spiral of judgment around what you learned in the reflection. Yes. That's the problem. So taking taking intentional, healthy action, but not letting the self-reflection take you down into this deep spiral. Absolutely. 100%. And I think that that's probably why a lot of us don't do the self-reflection because honestly, it's scary and it's very vulnerable to see yourself. You know what I mean? And, and to actually analyze your motivation behind things. Again, something I tried to be very clear. Uh, my husband's therapist calls it your shadow work, doing something and saying you're doing it for X reason, but the real reason is this, you know, meaning behind here, just be honest, just be clear. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Being clear. And I find that at least for me, that self-reflection, I'm really good at it. Actually, I can be very honest with myself. I I know my motivations. I know when they're noble and I know when they're rooted in something that may not outwardly feels they, you know, it's not the nicest thing, but I'm aware of it. You have to be aware of it. But the other side of that is then uh, if you're doing something, you're triggered, you're whatever, you do have to be held accountable if you want to. And I do, I always want to show up as the best version of myself every day, because not because it benefits everyone else, but it does But because I want to show up as the best version of myself and everyone around me is just a beneficiary. So I do work on that constantly, but that also means that there's action behind that because what'll happen is you're just like, well, that's just who I am. Well, that's yes. self-reflection, but that's not accountability. And that's not who I want to be. You can't just, well, that's just who I am. I don't know what to tell you. I'm 37 years old. That's how I'm going to be today. That's how I'm going to be tomorrow. That's how I'm going to be forever and always because that's just how I am. No, no, no. Mm. That's self-reflection without accountability. And that I don't want to do that. That's, that's not who I want to be. That's not how I want to show up. Oh, that's so good. And I know that someone just felt very... Your toes just got stepped on. You heard you heard that. That's just who I am. And you you and your feelings now. Yeah, you and your feelings now. That was good though. Self-reflection without accountability is not it. What good is that? Oh my goodness. I've noticed as I've been following you over the years now, I know I've been following you at least two years for sure, I would say, um, over the years that you seem so much more free. Mm. Like it's very evident that you've been doing your work, girl, that you've been doing your therapy and doing your things yes. and working it out. Like you seem so much more free. And what I mean by that is even in how you handle trolls or mm. I would, I don't know if you get trolls, but people who try yes. you all in the, in the comments. Yes. And there was one time you posted, yeah, you can't come for my husband and then say you like me or something like that. Yes. How has like this work of like self-reflection even just allowed you to own that without the fear of like, well, I don't want people to not like me. Yes. I don't want people to think that. I feel like you've just been getting bold. I, I know you're getting closer to 40. As someone who just turned 40, <laughs> newly minted 40, I'm feeling very, very comfortable in my trash talking. <laughs> yes. Listen, I think for some of it does come with that time. I will be 38 this year and 40 be like, hey girl, I'd be like, listen, if you offering me this, I'm ready for it. You hear me? I am ready. Like I am ready for it. But I also think that I think freedom is such a good word. As I have started this journey quite literally at 27, 
being comfortable in my skin, being comfortable with what the, who I am, what I like, what I don't like. And even here recently, I'm kind of going through another kind of rebirth of that as well is recognizing people going to like you, people going to hate you, but at the end of the day, do I like me and have an integrity one thing. And it's my love hate relationship that I have with social media, but I'm always trying to make sure not that I'm always successful, but I'm always trying to make sure that what I'm posting is congruence with who I am. I think it's easy to have a social media personality that does not match who you are when people meet you. And to me, that's a, that's a lack of integrity because integrity is mind, body, spirit being fully integrated, those things being fully aligned. And so I'm always trying to work on making sure that I am who I am privately, publicly, on social media, in real life. I'm trying to make sure that those things align. So with that said, you're you're not going to backhanded compliment me by insulting my husband. Like it's not a thing. It's It's not a not a thing. It's not a thing. So like, let's stop, you know, you can either. And that's the other thing too. Again, having the integrity is recognizing my husband is the comedian. I am not. I be funny sometimes. I be having funny things to say sometimes. Y'all can go and kiki, have a good old time on his page, and he'll let you rank on him and talk about him. Ha ha ha, so funny. I love it. He love it. Y'all love it. Wonderful. Don't bring that energy on my page because (laughs) it don't be funny to me. (laughs) Well, I have to say, when I talked about Kev's ashy knees, I definitely kept that on his page. It, it just and went he invites it. And yes, he and I think it. about it, it, he invites it. And I think, listen, I actually think that's funny. I will get on him about that. No problem. <laughs> I think it's hysterical. He'll purposely be ashy and take a picture of it. Like, I get it. That is really funny. Have a good time. But you can't come on my page and say, at Kev on stage, I don't know how you got her. No, 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 no. Wrong answer. (laughs) Like, that's the kind of, those are the kind of things that I don't like. That's the kind of stuff that I don't like. And again, sometimes Kevin will play into it. And if he invites it, I'm not saying don't do it because he's literally, he gets a kick out of it. It's hysterical. Do it. That's just not the energy that I'm bringing. I'm I'm not going to talk about my husband like that publicly. I'm never saying that he's ugly. I'm not doing that. So don't insinuate that. You know, and that, listen, I had to stand for, I had to say that with my chest because I was, I was like, irritated me. You know what I mean? I was like, this is not okay. I don't understand why people think this is okay. I think on social media, it's so easy to forget in-person manners. Oh yeah. We blur, we blur that. Uh Yes. And so it's like, you wouldn't say that in somebody in real life. I don't understand why you would type that. So Yeah. I just had to be sure that like, and I have a responsibility. This is a new phase of my life that I'm in of establishing my boundaries and what I feel comfortable with. And that is the, the, this new phase, maybe this 40 knocking on the door, helping me to like, you have to establish your brand. You have to be firm. You can't be Mm wishy-washy in these boundaries. You got to be firm. And if that rubbed you the wrong way, you don't want to follow me anymore. Listen, I get it. I, I wish you well. Go with God. And you don't, right. And you don't have to announce it. That's I, been my, I, oh, but you don't even have to tell me. I didn't really, know when you got here. Exactly. And more than likely, I'm not going to be aware when you unfollow. So and that is so okay. It is so okay. 
that's I, I promise you it is okay and that in go go with god crispy go go with god <laughs> <laughs> in my trial and error and in my you know, clarity in the doing, I've definitely had to grow in that space where I, I went through that season of like, I don't want them to think I'm mean. I don't want, oh, I don't want people to think I'm not a nice person. I'm, I'm nice on stage and off stage. I'm nice. Yes. on the mic, And like, wh- like those types of things used to keep me up. Like mm-hmm. I remember one day I was talking about, my daughter had to be like eight years old, maybe eight, nine years old. She's 13 now. And I was so distraught by this woman who said all these things. And I was like, does she think that I don't? And, you know, you up here trying to analyze what someone thinks that you don't even know. Right. And, and my daughter's the one who's like, um, who is this lady? <laughs> Miss Keisha 027 in like, like, I don't even know you. Right. And it was an eight year old that got yeah. me to like realize and you Listen, care because why? Girl, remind, I'm sorry. Who did mama? Mama, do we know her? Ooh, did you just gather me accidentally? Hold on a second. I didn't expect. <laughs> Kids will get you together quick on accident. Okay. Kids will get you together quick on accident. But it's so true. I know that is something I struggle with, especially being married to someone with such a huge personality. He's very friendly, very funny. Everybody loves Kev. Very likable personality. And sometimes I'll be funny with people. I'll be like, I don't know who you are. Like, I'm just not that way. I could be awkward. Like, I don't really know. And so struggling with, I don't want people to think I'm mean. I don't want people to think I'm this. And oh, Miss Kev on stage that. I struggle with that for so long. I still sometimes struggle with it. But being like, girl, I, I just, I am who I am. So I challenge myself to show up better. I don't always make the mark. But listen. I got to, you know, I also have to be, I have to make sure that I don't become a caricature of myself trying to put on to people, please either. And that's why that's the work, to be honest, everything that we're just talking about is all the work. It's being who you are. It's also recognizing that you have areas where you need to improve and that's okay. It's also recognizing that who you are is enough. And so I don't have to change myself to please you, but that has nothing to do with the work that you actually have to do. Like those things can coexist at the same time, but I still like and love who I am. Even through the process, you can be uh, memes always say you could be a work in process and a masterpiece simultaneously. Those things are not mutually exclusive. And so all of that coexisting and seemingly irreconcilable things going on and coexisting inside of you. You're like, I don't know where I am and recognizing that's okay. I don't have to have all the answers, but every day I'm taking it one step at a time and I'm trying to show up as the best version of myself and rec in like all of those things coexisting at the same time. So good. Yeah. And that's the grace. That's the grace. That's the grace that in the midst of all of that, right? If I feel led, if my self-reflection says, hey, you need to work on this. Okay, cool. And I want to do something with it and be accountable. Cool. But not that I'm doing things to become some puppet for people that don't even know me. Exactly. a puppet even for people who do know me. Absolutely. Let's keep it real. Like different seasons. I've been my daddy's puppet, my mama's puppet. I've put on labels. I put on responsibilities and worn hats that were not mine. Yeah. Taking on baggage. Yes. Walk through life with baggage that was not mine. So that realization, right, when it happens and that 
that acknowledgement, like, wow, these are, as my therapist says, these aren't my bags. I get to leave these bags right here, right? And walk away. Like the airport could be like, hey, suspicious bags. They are, they're not mine. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Whoever's going to get them can get them, right? But giving myself the grace to know that all of that is a part of the process. It doesn't make me unworthy. Yes. It doesn't mean God don't love me. Yes. Mean that now I have to, you know, feel some kind of way because you feel some kind of way about what I might feel yes. about what you may feel. Like yes. we're not see that at some point, <laughs> this has to end. Oh, I just love it. I I knew I knew we was gonna have yes, a good this conversation. Is so it's so good. good. Okay, I gotta ask you before I let you go. What we call redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. So I'm gonna okay. ask you a few things. First thing that comes to mind. All right. Today, how do you define success? Today, I define success as showing up as my authentic self. I love it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Ooh, okay. So I define wealth as um, peace, love, family. Love it. What's one book that has helped you redefine wealth? Ooh, that's helped me redefine wealth would probably be the first impactful book that I've read. It's not monetary, but it brought peace and it brought my family together. It was called The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex by Sheila Ray Gregoire. And it was such a good book, phenomenal book. It was very impactful. I read it years and years and years ago, but it was a very impactful book. And I say that in terms of redefining wealth because it revolutionized my marriage. It revolutionized my marriage. And if I'm going to consider family one of my aspects of wealth, then my marriage is the bedrock of that. And so that was that was a very impactful book. I'm sure. Well, really, everything you said, family, love, and peace. Yes. I can only imagine. Yes. How that uh, <laughs> contributes to all yeah. three. Oh, I love it. So good. We're going to link to that in the show notes. And then here's the last one. You're going to fill in the blank. Okay. My name is, and the truth about wealth is. Okay. My name is Melissa Fredericks. And the truth about wealth is that betting on yourself will take you further than not. You better preach. Mm-hmm. I was so scared to yes. bet on myself. You're worthy of that bet too. Just as an aside, you're worthy of that bet. Every time. Every time. When I was first coming off my job, well, I mean this literally because I am black, but I would be like, always bet on black. That's what I would tell myself. Always bet on black. And it was my reminder to always bet on myself, that it was okay to bet on myself. I love it. Melissa, thank you so much. This has been so good. I know that the audience is going to be so blessed. And I pray that everyone who is listening just remembers to give themselves the grace to try. Yes. The grace to try. Right. Yes. Bet on yourself, but also that like the trial and error. There were so many great nuggets in this episode. And I know folks going to have to rewind, say, what should I say? (laughs) You don't have to pause that thing. Yes. yes. Share it with a few folks. This was so good. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. All right. Wasn't that good? You better hit me up in social media 
and let me know if I did the right thing by moving this episode up. I know, I usually say I do it for an audience of one, but I have a feeling at least 10 people out there know that this episode, this conversation was absolutely for you. I don't want you to forget. I don't want you to forget what Melissa talked about with that clearance rack mentality, that clearance sale mentality about putting yourself first and just knowing, right, that it's okay to want a deal, but there's another mindset going on if you feel that the back of the room that behind the man, that behind all the other things is where you belong. That's different. That's different. And I know I've been there. I know obviously Melissa's been there. And so many of the women that I coach in the programs and Purpose to Platform or Command the Stage, we've all been there. And it's just something that, as Melissa shared, we want to reflect on, but then we want to have accountability, right? So if you realize in this episode, that that is something you've been doing. Self-reflection is not enough because you don't want to see it and then beat yourself up. You want to see it and figure out what is the path, what is the plan for how I move past this type of behavior in my life, whether that's therapy or finding a book or finding some podcast or a lot of prayer and journaling and then asking people to hold you accountable. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know that you can't recondition what you don't recognize. So if you recognize in this episode that that is something that you're struggling with, then I want you to be proactive about getting the support that you need. Make sure you hit up Mrs. Kev on stage. Mrs. Kev on stage on Instagram. Let her know what you thought about this episode. Let her know, Purpose Chasers, that we were grateful to have her here. Please support anything that she's doing. Such a great person. And... I think that's it. Make sure you come over to the Redefining Wealth Facebook group so we can unpack anything that you learned. Let's talk about it. What were your aha moments? That's the free Redefining Wealth Facebook group. And that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. It helps so much. And that's it. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. 